Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Welcome in, Friday edition of the program. We've made it to the end of the week, and don't forget this afternoon, Ja'Kai Newton will make his college decision. A lot of people think he may commit to the Indiana Hoosiers, and we'll find out. I believe it's a 3 p.m. decision he's set to announce a little bit later today. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Friday program, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, in place of our normal headlines, we're going to be joined by Silver Creek volleyball coach, Jeff Zimmerman. We've got a number of volleyball teams from the area and some soccer teams and even other sports really moving along in their postseasons. And there's going to be some great volleyball played this weekend across the state. And we know how good volleyball here in Clark and Floyd counties has been for a number of years. And Coach Zimmerman has been a big part of that. He's going to join us to talk about his Silver Creek Club in just a few moments, the success that they've had so far this season, and of course in the sectional, and what they hope to accomplish this weekend playing at the Charlestown Regional as well. A little bit later in the program, Dylan Wallace will join me. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's also Always with us on IU football and basketball on Fridays. And then we'll close out the week with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indy Star. We'll talk recruiting, some hoops, even look ahead to the high school basketball season in our state. So stay with us each and every day at 11 o'clock if you can join us live uh, for a lineup like this. And of course, the podcast available each and every afternoon. That's the show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And a reminder that the Thornton's text line is open. You can send in your questions or comments. Maybe it's something about IU Ohio State football on Saturday night. Maybe it's something about IU basketball. That season is just around the corner. Or maybe it's something from a high school perspective like football sectionals beginning tonight in the area. Send us a text at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. The Thornton's text line. Don't forget Thornton's is the perfect place to stop for all the best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And let's go right to the phone line. Our first of three guests today, Jeff Zimmerman, the head coach of Silver Creek Volleyball. Coach, congratulations on another great season so far. And I know you guys are hopeful that season can continue a couple more weeks. Oh, no doubt, Matt. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's been a it's been a great ride. Uh, girls are playing really well right now. I feel like they're peaking at the right time. I'm excited to have the opportunity to uh, – face off with uh, Bar Reeves Saturday morning in the regionals at Charlestown. Yeah, no question about it. And coach, you're having success again this season after losing a number of key players from a semi-state team a year ago to graduation. You're back uh, very competitive once again. No doubt. Uh, our senior group has really, really stepped up this year. Um, 
Uh, a couple of them, were, you know, saw limited playing time as juniors, and that, man, they stepped right up, and uh, they're having great season. Uh, Weber, you know, she's over 100 kills. Uh, uh, Abby Marks, our our setter, our quarterback, our leader. You know, she's got she has over 760, 750 assists on the season, along with 100 kills. Uh, Katie Henry's one of our DSs has done a great job for us in the back row, and then we've got a lot of support from uh, from Bree Clifford as well. Uh, your record this season, Coach, 21-11, and 11, so a lot of victories so far. You mentioned you're going to take on Bar Reeve. They are 22-8 and eight on the season. That's the noon game, the second semifinal at Charlestown on Saturday. Uh, I know Chad Gilbert talked a little bit about this earlier in the week when he was with us, but that Charlestown Volleyball Regional, uh, whether it's the Silver Creek Bar Reeve game or the other side of the bracket, it should uh, feature some really good volleyball on Saturday. No doubt. Uh, Amber DeCourcy from Bar Reeve. I'm not sure how many state titles she's won, but I know it's several. Um, she does a fantastic job. Uh, she reminds me of a, of a Terry Perica. Um, you know, her kids will definitely be ready to play. Uh, Evansville Memorial is always, uh, it seems like they're always in the regional as well with us. And along with Greensburg, Greensburg had, has had a lot of success this season. Coach Zimmerman, uh, you're very involved in volleyball, not just during the Silver Creek season, but also in the club season as well. So you get a real chance at all ages to see volleyball for, at this level here in southern Indiana. Uh, what's made it so good for so many years? Is it the number of veteran coaches and people that, uh, like you, Coach Perica, and many others over the years are willing to get involved in club and high school? Is it just a lot of talent that's been moving through the area? What's what's brought so much success, whether it's state championships or or semi-states or whatever it may be in the postseason to this area? Uh, we've definitely had, you know, been very fortunate with coaches, um, our middle school coaches, and I, and I feel pretty confident with, you know, all the programs, Soy Central, New Albany, Providence, uh, all the programs are doing a great job uh, with their middle school coaches and getting kids excited about playing volleyball and playing, you know, in the off season. Um, you know, I think we've, we've ran our club for probably the last 12 years, and, you know, originally we just did it as a Silver Creek club, and we wanted to get kids you know, from Silver Creek playing club ball, because when we started there, we didn't have a whole lot of kids playing. And, uh, you know, now we're up to over 200 kids. And we have kids playing from, you know, all over southern Indiana in the club. And I think that uh, that helps everybody. You mentioned that some of the seniors this year, and you named some of them that are so key to your success and you'll need this weekend. Some of them maybe didn't play a lot last year because of other really talented players that were seniors a year ago. But being part of a winning culture and making it all the way to a semi-state before being booted out of the tournament, that builds a culture in your program and I'm sure has made those girls even hungrier to work in the offseason and do whatever it takes to try to reach or surpass that level as well. No doubt, uh, Matt. Our our, uh, our senior class last year, um, they were awesome. Um, Bella Hinton uh, kind of led the way along with um, Anna Dablo and uh, and Mallory Ramsey. Uh, they all did a, a fantastic job for us. But we've had kids step up, and uh, and they're definitely hungry. You know, we lost in in four uh, at the semi state last year against Rebuff, and we you know we were fortunate enough to play them early in the season this year, and we lost in four again. But we feel like we're peaking at the right time, and um, you know, we're really looking for that opportunity. Obviously, we're not looking ahead. You know, we want to make sure we take care of business at the regional first. But uh, we would definitely uh, 
like a little revenge match if that's possible. Silver Creek volleyball coach Zeph Zimmerman, excuse me, my guest here on this Friday edition of the program. Now, I think I may know the answer to this question, uh, but you know this question is going to sound like a question from a basketball guy, so I'm going to go ahead and ask and let you answer it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm always curious. There's so much talk when you get to the regional, which I think is a great day for basketball, for baseball, for volleyball, for, for any sport where it poses a challenge where you've got two really important games or matches in one day. Normally it's top-notch competition. I think it's a great day for our fans in our state. And basketball coaches will tell you it's a really tough day to prepare for when it comes for scouting and maybe sometime travel and even just exhaustion of coaches and specifically players that are out there on the court, you know, making it happen. Uh, is it a, is tough for volleyball programs? Because uh, so often, even in the regular season, you guys play two, three, four, even more matches at times in one day tournaments and events throughout the regular season. So is the regional as big a challenge as far as just what goes into the day from a coaches and players perspective? Oh, for sure. For sure, you know, our, our focus has been Bar Reeve. Uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to get some tape on Bar Reeve, so, we, you know, that's been our total focus. And um, we do have tape on uh, Memorial and, and Greensburg. So, you know, we haven't even, you know, we've looked at it a little bit as, as a coaching staff, but not as a team. You know, our, our first goal is to, you know, take care of uh, take care of business against Bar Reeve. And then if we get the opportunity, we'll scout in, we'll scout in the morning. And then in between matches, we'll come up with a game plan for the regional finals. Talking to Jeff Zimmerman, Coach, we'll let you go here in just a moment, but I'm curious, uh, you, you know volleyball in and out, you know the area. What does it take from a team, from your team specifically, this weekend to get through that first match, to move on to the championship game at night, and to get an opportunity back to go back to the semi-state? What is your, you know, list a few important things your club has to do uh, for those uh, two games this weekend to be successful and go your way? Uh, I, I think first and foremost, Matt, it's it's energy. You know, our kids have got to come out with a ton of energy. Um, volleyball is one of those momentum sports. Um, you get you get the momentum going. You have a tendency to run off several points. Um, so we're focused focusing on serving aggressive, uh, taking care of the first ball, make sure we're terminating on uh, on free ball plays and things like that. But I mean, for us, it's it's just playing together, trusting each other, playing as a unit. Um, I think that's our 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 biggest. Uh, biggest concern is, is that's what we're looking to push to all right coach z of silver creek volleyball kind enough to get out of class and join us for a few minutes to promote his uh, silver creek team as they head into the charlestown regional on saturday morning and perhaps uh, the championship game saturday night and coach zimmerman as always best of luck to you and thanks for all you do for volleyball here in southern indiana all right, much appreciated. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Absolutely. Jeff Zimmerman, one of the good guys in volleyball. You look across the coaches in this area, Coach Parika obviously would be at the top of the list, Coach Zimmerman right there as well, and so many others at the other schools here locally. I think you get your answer really quick why high school volleyball year in and year out is really good. A collection of really good coaches both on the court and off the court as well. So best of luck to Silver Creek. And we've got to give a quick shout to Floyd Central as well. They had the amazing win at Providence, who's had a 10-year-in-a-row streak winning a sectional championship, uh, beat them on their own floor to move on to the regional as well. The high 
Highlanders will have a tough day, as you would expect, in regional competition, but they've got a chance as well. I feel like, uh, as does Silver Creek, to be local teams that move on to the next round. Two big, big games coming up for Silver Creek and Floyd Central. Silver Creek in 3A and, of course, Floyd Central in 4A on Saturday. And we'll see uh, Saturday night if we've got local team moving on to the Final Four, which would be the semi-state round. That's our first segment brought to you by Zaxby's with locations in Jeffersonville and New Albany. We'll head to a break here in just a moment. We'll come back with Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. But don't forget, while we're talking high school sports tonight, a number of good games, including Jeffersonville and Floyd Central, to open up the local 5A football sectional and to make the matters even better. I think looking ahead to next week, the winner of that Jeff Floyd rivalry game sets us right up for another rivalry game because the winner takes on New Albany. So we've got a couple big games with local teams coming up in the 5A sectional. And then in some of the other sectionals, there's some traveling going on or some new teams coming into the area that we typically don't see. Silver Creek has a tough matchup tonight with Martin. Charlestown will host Greensburg. The Pirates have been playing some really good football. Providence has a real chance to get a win up at Switzerland County tonight, and Rock Creek with a tough one as they go to West Washington. So we'll see who's alive after the first week of the sectionals, but maybe this will be the year where we get a couple sectional football champions from the area as well. We'll step aside for just a moment. Don't forget the Thornton's text slide is open at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. We'll be back with Dylan Wallace to talk IU football. Boy, what a challenge ahead for the Hoosiers. Ohio State going to be a sellout crowd. Lots of Buckeye fans there as well. Maybe interest waning a little bit in Hoosier football. But can IU shock the world on Saturday? We'll talk about that, some basketball and more. Next with Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. And with us right now is Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, to talk some IU football. And we'll probably squeeze in some basketball as well. But Dylan, first and foremost, IU football. It's been a rough week for the Hoosiers. A couple departures to the transfer portal and some injuries. It's going to be a tough, tough go of it, I believe, for Tom Allen's team tomorrow against Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of uh, kind of how it's been for them all season this year. You know, that they can't seem to, you know, can't keep catch an injury break. A lot of guys have been in and out of the lineup. A lot of guys have been out on certain status heading into every game, it seems like. So uh, nothing new, I guess. They're a little bit used to it now. Um, and it's just kind of bad luck for them. But, yeah, I mean, especially going up against a, a team like Ohio State who just has weapons all over the field, really t- good talent on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Indiana's definitely going to be outmatched on Saturday. Uh, I guess their only advantage is maybe they're going to have a, a good home crowd that, that might will them a little bit. But, yeah, it's going to be tough for sure uh, not having some of the key players. And uh, But, you know, I mean, it'll be interesting to kind of see. I think it just kind of depends how the offense will look, if they can move the ball or not. Will, have they made any adjustments? Has 
you know, Tom Allen's always said after a week he's going to evaluate sort of, you know, what needs to be changed, what needs to be fixed, and I guess we'll see if there's any kind of new wrinkles added in or any new play calls or designs or what they're going to do on offense because uh, that's the big thing. Um, and can the defense keep playing at a high level? Uh, this this will be a really big test for them if they're able to hold with Ohio State to, you know, 20 the points like they did to Michigan State. That'd be that'd be huge for them. Um, but uh, it's, it's going to be tough for sure, and, uh, you know, things – aren't looking too bright for the the Hoosiers right now, but hopefully they're able to get some guys healthy and maybe regroup after this game. Absolutely. Talking uh, with Dylan Wallace, uh, IU football. Uh, Can you rate Jack Tuttle's performance in his first game as the starter? I know it was a loss and there were some bad moments across the board for the offense, but how do you rate his start, his first of the year for for Indiana? And I I guess we expect that he's going to start again against Ohio State, there really has been no further update from Coach Allen, I don't believe, on the health situation of Michael Penix. No, yeah, he always just says, we'll find out kickoff on Saturday. Um, yeah, I'd expect Jack Tuttle to start again. You know, I thought he did okay against Michigan State. Um, you know, Even just going back to the other two starts before that, like he did okay against Wisconsin when they won that game. Um, he played sort of poorly, but then started to come together alive a bit at the end in the Ole Miss Bowl game in the Outback Bowl. So, I mean, overall, his three starts for IU, I mean, I think he's done all right. Um, you know, there's obviously some good things, like we, we talked about on Tuesday, just that the first drive when they were able to really move the ball down the field, they came out throwing the ball, passing every play. That looked good, uh, you know, and I thought – but I, I think as the game went on, I think after he threw that first pick six – um, he might have gotten in his own head a little bit because it just seemed like he didn't really want to push the ball down the field that much. Just a lot of check downs to, you know, Stephen Carr or any of the backs that were in. A lot of short throws, you know, from three to five yards. So uh, I think, I don't know if that's, that was just the play calling got conservative, if that was Jack Tuttle, you know, not really going through his progressions and just checking everything down. You know, we'll see uh, how they're able to adjust to that. But yeah, I think overall, you know, he definitely showed signs of, a quarterback who can who can play in, in the Big Ten and move the ball down the field a bit. Um, so I think I think that was good. I think Indiana definitely you know doesn't think like their their offense is kind of you know hindered down a bit just because it's, it's Tuttle instead of Penix. I know they're really confident in what Tuttle can do. Um, so it's just going to see if they can open up the playbook, give him time to throw. You know, will he have time to throw the ball down the field? Uh, you know, that that's a big thing with the offensive line. Can they get the running game established to help him out a bit and take some pressure off? That's another big thing. Um, but yeah, I think he did all right, and um, you know, I think w- when you look at his game, uh, if he's able to have some time to throw the ball, I think he's got a pretty good arm, and he, I think he's pretty accurate as well. Uh, but I think you know, another thing is the receivers have to catch the ball. They've, they've they've dropped a lot of fifty-fifty balls this season that we saw were caught in twenty twenty, and that's been a big difference from the offense. You know, if Ty Fragelfold, if you throw it one on one and he goes up and catches it last year as opposed to this year, I mean that's a big difference to why kind of the perception of how the offense did and everything. So the receivers are, are dropping a lot of passes. So uh, everything's got to come together for him to be successful. I don't think it's just on him. Um, as we talked about, just the collective issues on the offense is kind of just every area has kind of gone wrong so far this year. But um, I, I think, you know, fans are still pretty confident in Tuttle. I mean, you have to definitely eliminate those mistakes. You know, the picks that he threw, hey, you know, you can just take a sack. you got to throw it away, stuff like that. A lot of stuff that kind of Penix was doing in the first couple games of the season as well. So the quarterbacks need to make some better decisions on when they're getting pressured. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think he's – he's at least in a position to where he could be successful. I think he's shown enough to where the team thinks, all right, you know, we can, we can move the ball with this guy. Um, but it just comes down to execution. And if the offense can figure out everything that's gone wrong the, the first, you know, six weeks of the season. 
Absolutely. Dylan Wallace is my guest. Dylan, a sellout expected or is a sellout Saturday night for the night game, 730 kickoff in Memorial Stadium. Should be a really good environment as far as tailgating throughout the afternoon and early evening and, of course, kickoff. But I've got to believe at this point with a 2-3 and three record for the Hoosiers and really some disappointing moments so far that a big reason for this sellout is because of Ohio State and their fan base that travels so well. And uh, even in years where Indiana's not even been on the radar at all, the game still has been either a sellout or close to it because of, again, the fans of Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, if, if Indiana was, you know, 0-6 heading into this game, it still might be close to a sellout just because it's Ohio State, it's a top-10 team, you know, Indiana's, Indiana fans are always going to get up for this one just because it's always fun to, and, and, you know, it's early enough in October, you know, it's going to be it's going to be kind of, you know, mid mid to low 60s, a nice cool day throughout the day. It'll probably get a little bit colder at night, but it'll just be a really good kind of atmosphere in Bloomington throughout the day, and then, um, you know, people will show out for the game. There'll be a lot of red in the crowd, and you'll kind of be able to tell, you know, how much is this in Indiana, how much is it Ohio State? You know, they always bring a lot. Um, I'm sure we'll hear the OHIO chance kind of running through when they score a touchdown or something like that. Uh, nothing we're not used to. But yeah, I mean, if this were any other team other than Ohio State and maybe Michigan, uh, I doubt, you know, we'd see this, this big of a sellout crowd. Um, and, you know, does that mean that the, the hope is lost for the program? No, probably not. I mean, I think fans are still pretty excited. And I don't know if anyone's kind of expecting Indiana to go out and win, but I think they're hoping they can at least be competitive, at least make it a game, at least kind of have the crowd into it. Because um, if, this, if this thing, if they're down 14 or 14 to 20 points in the first couple of quarters, I mean, you might start to see some, some seats emptying out. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully they're able to keep it competitive to keep everybody in the stands and, you know, keep, keep that environment doing well and keep the crowd into it. But uh, it's going to be tough, but yeah, I, I think it'll be a really fun environment um, just throughout the whole day as well. You know, the, everything in kind of Bloomington and just kind of Southern Indiana is being nice. I know everyone's going to be hitting up Brown County for the fall foliage and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So, uh, it's going to be really busy and packed around this this part of the part of the state on Saturday, so it should be a fun time. Dylan, uh, obviously, I think there was a point in the preseason where everyone hoped and uh, some thought maybe this Indiana team would be right there with Ohio State this season in in the Big Ten standings, but obviously that has not been the case. I hate to say this, but I think if you're an IU football fan, if the Hoosiers just keep it competitive and keep it reasonably close this weekend, that's a positive based on what this team has experienced in recent weeks. Yeah, and it gives you something to build off of for the the next couple of games as well. You know, if you're be able, if you're able to be competitive with Ohio State, um, you might feel a little bit better about yourselves. If, if it's you know, unless it's like fifty-two to seven or something like that, then you're like, all right, well, you know, there's no momentum at all for this program. But if it's a close game, it comes down to maybe the last couple of minutes. Then I think when you go to Maryland, you feel a lot better about yourselves than you would if it's a blowout. You, you go to the rest of the season thinking, hey, you know, we're still right there. I mean, because if you think about it, like they 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 should have had Cincinnati. They were they had that game. Um, you know, the defense played well against Penn State. They should have beat Michigan State. You know, it's not like they're getting destroyed in all of these games. Aside from kind of Iowa and you know Penn State, but you know the other the other top ten teams they played, they've been right with them, and you could argue that you know they they probably should have won if it's not for some you know pretty poor decisions coaching wise and and, and other things like that. So um, I think if they're able to be competitive once again with another top ten team, uh, you know they'll have some momentum to take into to some of the other games for the rest of the way, uh, and especially I think you know some of the the fans will be like, all right, you know. We're, we're, you know, we lost and we're two and four, and that's unfortunate. But hey, you know, we're still we're still closer than maybe we were in years past. But I think uh, something the schedule has done, and early on, you know, playing all these top teams in the country is it just really shows 
how far you really are and, and what needs to be fixed, you know, as opposed to if Indiana got the, the easy part of that schedule early on and they start the season 4-0 and and then everyone's feeling really good, but then you go into it with some of these games and, you know, everything kind of goes bad. You know, at least early in the season, they're able to realize what they need to fix. The problem is they haven't been able to fix it. So that's kind of the concerning thing is they, they've had these issues on offense, you know, that we saw right away in the Iowa game. You saw it a little bit um, against Cincinnati, and then you saw it again in Penn State, and just has not been able to get fixed, and that that's an issue. And I think now that you're midway through the season, it's getting tough to kind of say, you know, hey, they they just kind of are what they are on the offensive side of the ball, which which is pretty which is pretty unfortunate because it's not very good. Uh, it's not a good identity to have on offense right now. So, uh, but yeah, if they can keep it close, especially if you look at what Ohio State's done this season, I know that I remember that first game against Minnesota. Everyone's like, oh, they look beatable. And obviously they lose to Oregon. Everyone's like, oh, Ohio State's not doing it. And then you look at, I mean, they just went and destroyed Maryland and, and Rutgers and all these teams. So I think, I think they're kind of back into their own rhythm, back into their own groove. You know, C.J. Stroud's, I think, a, a Heisman candidate. So uh, I think they're kind of back up top. So they should be firing off cylinders. It'll be a really tough test for Indiana. But as you said, if they're able to be at least competitive, um, it, it should at least create some momentum and some feel good about the program heading into the, the second half of the season yeah no question dylan let's flip to basketball a uh, big decision coming up jakai newton is set to announce at 3 p.m this afternoon he just was on the iu campus it was earlier in the week for what's uh, you could call a junior year official visit uh, he's down to three schools indiana georgia and vanderbilt at least that's what he named to cbs sports as his top three heading into this decision today. A lot of signs point IU here. I'm curious what you think. Does IU pick up a 2023 commit today? I think it's looking pretty good. I mean, just everything you see about it, um, you know, you, he was obviously here, as you mentioned, a week or so ago. And, you know, I think even him and, and his, his mom or something tweeted out, you know, everywhere they went, you know, Indiana fans, like they knew who he was. They knew that, you know, they could really feel the, the basketball kind of atmosphere in Bloomington. Um, it just seemed like a good time. And, you know, obviously – you know, you see Roseman was the guy who recruited him and he was the guy that when you when when uh when Newton talks about him, he's like, you know, he, he put me on the map. Like he was one of the first guys that recognized me. And I think that goes a long way for some recruits, you know, who who maybe didn't receive a lot of attention and now a guy comes in and then, you know, you see Roseman notices him early and then all of a sudden he gets a job in Indiana. They give him the offer. I mean, it must feel pretty good uh, to kind of have that relationship with him. And just another big reason why Mike Woodson's assistant coaching staff has been so good so far this year is, is the connection they have with these recruits all over the country. So that's been really good. And I think things are looking pretty positive. It seems like you really respect coach, coach Woodson. He, he mentioned in a, in a Q and a that, you know, he's, you know, I'm surprised how just humble he was. He's so down to earth. Um, and it just seems like he has a good relationship with his players. So it's kind of everything that we've, we've sort of noticed just by following kind of Woodson and, and the relationship with, with the current players. So um, it seems like things are, are pointing in the right direction. And you just look at the, the, the other two schools, Vanderbilt and Georgia, I mean, it just seems like right now when you look at the three programs, which one has kind of the best upward trajectory at the moment, it's probably Indiana and what Woodson has done to kind of turn this thing around here in the offseason. you still got to win some games this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, things are pointing in the right direction. So at about 3 p.m., I would, I would not be surprised at all if uh, he puts on the Indiana hat. Yeah, recruiting has just been so different under Coach Woodson and his staff. Uh, and you expect it to change with each uh, head coach. They have a different way about doing things, and each assistant coach they bring in has a def- different, you would think, geographical area or set of contacts that they have uh, recruited and have known over their years of experience. But that has been, I think, one of the more intriguing things so far is the number of prospects from the different areas of the country that Indiana is actively involved in recruiting kids, even as young 
young as sophomores and even some freshmen in the state of Indiana right now. Yeah, it's it's been a big difference that I've noticed. I mean, when when I was covering, you know, Archie Miller and his staff, there there were obviously a lot of names that they threw out offers to, a lot of guys who might put him in their top nine, top eight. But there just seemed like there was just way on way too many occasions when we were kind of following recruiting that it didn't seem like Indiana had a real shot to get whoever that person was. But now it seems like they really have a lot of shots with some of these guys. They're, they're ending up in the top three. You know, you just hear everything they're, they're offering. These guys seem really excited about, oh, man, can't wait to be in Indiana this weekend for a visit and all this. So I, I think Xavier Booker was just on a visit uh, this week for, for them uh, in Bloomington. So, you know, I think it, the recruiting has been really well. And I, as I said earlier, just the assistant coaches that they've had. I mean, you know, Archie brought in Kenya Hunter, and, and, you know, we know what he was able to do just kind of last year with some of the connections he had. He obviously brought in Parker Stewart, which which uh, everyone's hoping is, is a big addition on this year's roster. Um, but then, you know, Dane Fife, imagine, just think of all the, the guys that he probably helped recruit at Michigan State who just gets really good recruits year after year. And then you see Roseman who, you know, you know he obviously had the big connection with Newton, um, who who might commit later today, and just seems like the, what what these guys, what the assistant coaches are able to do, kind of to branch out and the different variety of players and the different kind of areas of, of all these players geographically to be able to kind of get get them in the door. And then you know, as we said, you know, if Mike Woodson kind of comes in to, to close the deal, it seems like he's done a really good job so far, kind of selling the program, selling the vision, um, you know, selling what it takes to to get to the next level if that's what the the guy ultimately wants to do. So. Uh, I, I just think it's a whole different kind of system that they've had created kind of recruiting right now. And you sort of seen the re- the results, I guess, you know, they've obviously hasn't, it's not a, they haven't, you know, had a bunch of commits yet, but I think you're starting to see things start to come together pretty well for, for kind of the coaching staff and what they're able to do recruiting wise. So yeah, it's been a big difference uh, than what I've been used to at least the last four years. So uh, I think it's a good sign. And it just seems like, especially if the games start and, uh, and everything they're selling is, you know, this is how we play. This is how we're going to be. If that if that holds true on the court this season, uh, it's probably only going to help them even more. So uh, I think we'll start to see a lot more momentum in that pick up in the in the next year or so. Uh, Dylan, one other basketball topic. I, I discussed this a lot with Alex Bozich yesterday. We got into some of the details, but really was intrigued by what Archie Miller had to say about IU and really the entire Big Ten in his preview show with Jeff Goodman. And I didn't realize, at first I just watched the Indiana clip, but I didn't realize going back to it, uh, it sounds like he's going to do it on a somewhat regular basis, uh, which I, I just uh, – Archie Miller uh, dealing with the media, becoming somewhat a part of the media, if he's going to have a regular appearance on Jeff Goodman's uh, college basketball content. Uh, it's kind of mind-blowing after the experience that we as media people had. Nothing negative. He just wasn't uh, overjoyful about dealing with any of us. And uh, that's uh, – now he's on the other side. And – he had some very insightful comments. I'm just kind of curious your thoughts about the whole deal. Archie uh, making some media appearances. Archie talking uh, very kindly about IU and uh, put it, picking him fifth in the Big Ten Conference this year. And just the whole, the whole, the whole general setting of what he had to say yesterday. Yeah, I remember someone told me because uh, I think one of my friends is kind of works behind the scenes at the field of the 68 Network or whatever it is, and he told and he he told me kind of a bit back that he knew that Archie was going to take the job. I'm like, whoa, that's that's kind of random. Like, no way. Like I couldn't believe it. Um, Cause you know, when he was the head coach here and he, he just did not want to do media, he didn't like it. 
Um, especially, you know, sometimes we would talk to them and it would just be four minutes long and you're just kind of like, all right, you know, we can't really get much from that. And it's after a game and you're, you're sitting there for five minutes, you're talking to the head coach and it got a little frustrating at points. Um, and it definitely just, it was just kind of how he went about his business and that's fine by him as his preference, but you know, it got, it got difficult at times, but yeah, now to see him sort of, uh, you know, analyzing college basketball and and I'm sure, you know, he, you know, I think there was never a question that he knew about basketball, so I'm sure he he might bring some pretty good, you know, things to say about about you know some some technical stuff about college basketball and what coaches are doing or what teams are running. So I'm sure I'm sure he'll do a, a decent job about it. But yeah, it was just kind of odd to see him doing that. Um, and, and you know, maybe he does enjoy it now, and maybe he he's had a little bit of time to get some perspective after he left Indiana. And I don't know, but yeah, that was interesting. And obviously, he said that no, I think he said like what no team has improved itself in the offseason better than Indiana, which is just kind of wild to say. Cause well, I mean, one, one, it, it one, it, it could be probably true, but also it's just like, that means that the team that had it prior, which was him was just left in a bad spot. So that's, that was just kind of interesting. And, and uh, so that was kind of funny to hear, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to kind of see, you know, how much he continues to do it. I think he's going to do it all season long and, um, you know, if Indiana keeps winning, you know, maybe we'll hear him talk about them a little bit more and uh, it should be fun to, for sure. I think, I think everyone's kind of interested to hear what he has to say. I mean, this is the first time we've really heard him talk since he got fired back in March or April or whatever it was. I've had so many people ask me like, where's Archie Miller? Like, what's he doing? And I'm just like, I, I really have no idea. We haven't heard from him. So now, now we're going to hear from him a bit more. And, uh, you know, just the other day I was talking to a friend about it and we like looked at his Twitter and he still got his profile picture, still him in the Indiana shirt. His last two tweets are a happy birthday tweet to Nathan Childress and Trace Jackson Davis. So it's just been, it's been, it's been kind of funny to, to kind of look back at him and kind of see all that stuff. But yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see what he has to say the rest of the season. You know, after you, you cover someone for, for four years, you're always kind of interested to see what they continue to do after that. So I'll be tuning in every here and there to see, see kind of what he has to say and uh, see if he's got a little bit more personality to him talking, uh, talking in the media. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know it's a moot point at this point, but you wonder with where the program was at when the season came to an end last year under Archie Miller – and I don't want to, you know, crap on the guy here again because I thought he did a good job in the the preview show there with Goodman, as I said. But you know, Trace Jackson Davis, we think, was all but gone. Would have probably went the professional route. Who knows in this transfer portal world what would have happened with some of the players? And I just didn't see the momentum there uh, if Archie Miller returned to bring in anyone like a Tamar Bates or grab any real attractive players out of the transfer portal. We'll never know because he never got a chance to work on the roster in the offseason, but I just wonder if things were where they could be under Archie Miller, where I think we think they would be heading into the season. Would fans even be all that excited about the Hoosiers this year? And, of course, Coach Woodson and some of the changes in the offseason that have been made, I think people are just pumped up and ready to go. Yeah, I don't think they'd be nearly as excited. But, again, I mean, he never – Archie had never had sort of the this kind of transfer portal how it's immediate eligibility you know you can you can really go get guys and he never really had that when he was at Indiana so maybe he might have been able to do some some nice things this offseason if he had the chance you know we'll, we'll never know but um I mean just if but just thinking about how the the last season ended the team getting booed in the Big Ten tournament against Rutgers I mean there was really no kind of coming back from that. I mean, I think even if they did add some nice pieces in the off season, I mean, I just thought, I just kept thinking like, imagine the first home game with fans back, 
next season. So, you know, what, November 9th or whatever, if he was still the coach. I mean, when they, when they do the introduction and they say his name, like, people were probably going to boo him. And it was going to be kind of toxic. And that was just how it was going to be. You know, no one, everyone kind of had lost faith at that point. You know, even if Trace Jackson Davis did come back for another year, even if he did maybe add some of these talented guys in the transfer portal, I just think the belief that was there, the style of basketball that, you know, we saw that Indiana was going to play under him, People just weren't going to be bought in. People just weren't going to be excited. I'm sure, you know, people would have been optimistic. Hey, you know, maybe this team could turn around. But I think in the back of everyone's mind, they'll be like, well, if they lose two games in a row, you know, this thing can really spiral. If We just know this team can't follow up after big wins or blah, 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 you know, you name it. I just think it would have been a pretty toxic kind of fan atmosphere heading into the season if he were still the coach. Um, that's nothing kind of against him as a, as a person or anything like that. You know, I, th- he's, I think he's a pretty, you know, decent dude as well. You know, I don't, and I think he knows how to coach basketball too. It just didn't work here at Indiana and things just didn't play out, which is fine. So I think, but yeah, I mean, with what Woodson's able to do, it's been a really, really good and positive atmosphere and fans. I mean, geez, the excitement level is just off the charts right now. And, uh, it, it's going to be really fun. Uh, I think that first game, even though it's not against, you know, a, a top, you know, opponent or Big Ten, anything like that. I think the crowd's going to show out. It's going to be really exciting, and uh, it, it should be some pretty good crowds all year long, especially if they're able to win, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He joins us Fridays to talk all things IU. Real quick, Dylan, where are you headed for high school football tonight in the Jackson County area? Yeah, tonight Brownstown will be hosting Scottsburg. They played last week, and Brownstown was able to win by 14. So uh, they get a rematch this week in the first round of sectionals, and then uh, – so that'll be this week, and Seymour's got the week off actually, but uh, they'll be at Bedford North Lawrence uh, next 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 Friday for that uh, sectional semifinal. So it's an exciting couple weeks here for college, or I almost said college football for high school football. Yeah, no question. Dylan Wallace, Dylan, thanks for the chat. Have a great weekend. Yep, thanks. You too. We'll head to a commercial break. Come back with our final segment of the week. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join the program. We'll get into some recruiting and some hoops and who knows what else. Stay with us. This is a Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools and never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back. Final segment of the week, and it's Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joining the program. Kyle, we saw Xavier Booker, who is a name that uh, you first brought up on this program, uh, complete a uh, junior year official visit to the IU campus. His recruitment continues to balloon out, and Indiana remains, I think, one of the focal schools involved, and he's been on Bloomington now. got an opportunity to be wined and dined by Mike Woodson and staff. Yeah, big official visit, and you know, yeah, we've talked about him quite a bit here. Uh, you know, a lot of offers and a lot of uh, interest, and you know, are you able to get a, an in-state guy like that on campus? Always a, a good thing, and and uh, you know, I think the 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 biggest question for Booker is now the the production end of it, and you know, he's he's sort of one of those guys that uh, you know, bigger bigger guys tend to take a little bit longer as far as that goes, but man, he's so long and rangy and. You know, he's got the, the, the kind of guy who walks in the gym and he looks like an NBA guy, you know, just the, his size and his ability. So, 
you know, now it's just a matter of putting it all together, really, you know, honing in on his craft and, uh, you know, becoming that player that I think people think he can be. So, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of options out there for him at this point. And, uh, you know, will be fun to see what he does this year. Kyle, uh, high school football moving into the sectional round, at least for most schools, unless they've got a bye tonight. I think there are a lot of great matchups set for across the state. And I'm always guilty of looking ahead a week or two weeks to semifinal or championship games about potential matchups. And you know what happens sometime when you look ahead. But uh, I'm excited to follow the uh, postseason uh, in our high school, uh, in our state here for high school football this year. I know there are some teams from your neck of the woods in central Indiana that I think have a chance to dominate some of the different classes. But down here, we're just hoping to get a couple sectional winners. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I think maybe the 6A and 5A people are already sort of, uh, proceeding to the state championship like it's over already. And, yeah, I don't know that that's necessarily the case, although, you know, maybe even more so for Cathedral, uh, a very clear favorite in 5A. Uh, certainly for Center Grove as well in 6A, and I covered that game last week when they played each other. Uh, ended up being 21 to six Center Grove, but was really a much closer game than that throughout. And Cathedral had a pretty good chance, you know, late in the third quarter, leading that six nothing. Uh, you know, big big play, big running play by Center Grove, and then a huge pass play by uh, Taven Jackson got him over the top. But that could have been, you know, the two best teams in the state playing each other. It probably was, you know, at this point if you look at it. So. You know, big big favorites in in six A, five A, and then probably in four A with Ron Colley. Uh, they may play Chittard in the sectional uh, here in a couple of weeks in the championship game. That could be really for a, potentially for a state championship. So a lot of the intrigue, I think, is maybe you know there's still intrigue at, at the higher level, the the bigger schools, but you know probably more so uh, down in the lower classes where there may not be as big a favorites. You know, Gibson Southern, I think, in 3A is a team that has a chance to go a long way this year. Uh, Purdue uh, recruited at quarterback there and, and really good team. And you know, we'll see tonight, you know, you have some of those games that, you know, the, the two of the better teams in the class, we have Burbuff and West Lafayette up here tonight. And those both those teams, I think West Lafayette's one, and then Burbuff, I believe, this week is ranked number three. So one of those teams going home on October 22nd. There's a couple of those type of games, albeit Heritage Christian Cena, uh, which is another game similar to that in 2A, where you have two teams that are, you know, if you can get through this game, you're, you're going to have a chance to potentially go all the way to Lucas Oil. But, you know, you could also be sitting at home later tonight. So it's that type of deal in, in some of those games tonight. There aren't a ton of those, but in our area at least, but there's a few. Uh, that will be, uh, you know, potential, you know, teams that could win state will be done tonight. So that's always the, you know, the the draw brings us that, which is uh, interesting. But uh, you know, you could have some really good teams being done at the early point of the tournament. When I hear number one versus number three on the opening night of postseason, it doesn't matter what sport, what level. Uh, you wonder what things would look like, and would things be better with a uh, and instead of a blind draw, some sort of seeded bracket into the first round of tournament play. And I know that you've written about that. We've talked about that before, but uh, you just hate to see uh, someone, it doesn't matter if it's local teams here in southern Indiana or someone from the far northern part of the state, you hate to see that type of matchup that's not a championship game. At least that's how I feel. Yeah, I agree. I, I would, I would, uh, I would probably go with a, you know, a, a, some sort of hybrid where you see the top two teams probably, and this comes up a lot this time of year, and this is kind of my thought, but, you know, see the top two teams and then you could still have your blind draw. Uh, you could do your normal show like you always do. 
and then uh, you'll unveil your top two seeds during that process too. And then you'll you'll have the other the other uh, teams will pop into the blind draw. So I think that maybe be a way to appease some of that. But uh, I don't know. I don't. You know, the IFCA has come up with some different ideas that hasn't really gone real far. Um, you know, so I don't know that that's something that's you know we're on the the cusp of doing something like that or not. I really I don't sense that it is right now anyway. But you know, I know a lot of people would love to see a you know the two things I hear the most are a seated tournament uh, in some way, whether it's sectional or you know seating the whole thing or whatever. I don't think we'll ever get to seed the whole thing, but you know maybe seating the sectional. And then, you know, the, the shot clock comes off, comes up uh, often as well. So those are the two. It used to be when I first got here, it was the still the uh, single-class tournament. You know, over the time, I think that's faded some, and it's become more of these other, these other issues, uh, maybe not issues, but things that people want to see. And, and those are the two things I probably hear the most. And also the transfer, <laughs> the, the, always the, the transfer rule always comes up too, although there's no – uh, people mostly have complaints, not solutions for, uh, on that side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle, uh, as we wrap up today, had someone write in. You've said this uh, in previous weeks and haven't done it, Matt, so I, I get scolded here a little bit. But will you please <laughs> will you please ask Kyle his thoughts on high school basketball as far as top teams in the state and anyone that stands out to him in this area, I believe, as far as top teams here in southern Indiana? Well, up here, you know, I started working on our, our Fab 15. You know, we'll have our first team out, I think, probably later today or tomorrow. But, uh, you know, some of those, uh, the, the, the top, I think, here, and I think probably in the entire state, you know, you have to start with Carmel and what they have coming back from their state championship team and, and really back-to-back, you know, if you want to count back. I don't know how we're doing that exactly, but I, I would assume they'd still be counted back-to-back uh, with a, a year in between with the COVID year. But, you know, they, they, I think, are the best team out there, um, you know, but really close is Cathedral. You know, we talked about Xavier Booker, but he, even beyond him, you know, Jackson Edwards is going to Murray State. Uh, Tayshawn Comer is an excellent uh, guard for them. Uh, they've got several other guys who have experience uh, coming back. So I think those two teams, and then you could look at Westfield, I would say there's another tier there with Westfield, Braden Smith, who's going to Purdue. Um, you know, I would say Fishers with the the team that they have coming back. Um, you know, Homestead up north, I think, will still be good, even though they lost quite a bit. Um, you know, and then there's a lot of teams this year. This is one of those years where I, I thought last year we kind of knew, you know, I, I felt like going into the year I had a pretty good idea of who the, who the really good teams were and who maybe, you know, the, the, it was pretty easy to, to – slice it up i thought and this year it's one of those years where a lot of teams don't have experience other than carmel and cathedral around here there's many teams that are kind of rebuilding reloading whatever the word is uh so that'll make it interesting and a lot of you know i'll probably get a lot of stuff wrong in predicting the season because of that um you know so i think it's going to be you know and i know down there you know silver creek has obviously been the team down there but they're you know rebuilding is certainly a, a, a word you would use with them uh, I think Jeffersonville will be good, um, you know, with what they have coming back. Um, you know, trying to think of other teams down there, um, you know, that 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 will have a chance. I think they probably start with those two. And you know, North Harrison has a has a good you know good team coming back. McIntyre's a good player for them, so you know they'll be I think in the mix in uh, in three A. So you know, it's just it's hard to know at this point. Like I said, that twenty one class we talked about it for years, and then you know, kind of all those guys graduating. 
uh, opens the door and we'll find out kind of the next uh, group of star players like, uh, you know, Trent Sisley, who's down there in Heritage Hills and, um, you know, Jalen Harrelson, who's up at Fishers. Those are freshmen, but, you know, we won't see many of those guys make an impact this year. It'll be more, more of this kind of the sophomore junior class that, that was playing last year will now have a chance to step into a lot bigger roles. And that's always fun to find out uh, who those guys will be. Yeah, no question. Kyle Nedrip, Indianapolis Star. You can follow him at Kyle Nedrip on Twitter and read his content at IndyStar.com slash sports. Kyle, as always, thanks for the run. We'll talk with you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. That's going to wrap things up for the week and for this Friday program. Thank you so much for being with us. A reminder, if you missed the live show here on the Big X, you can always locate us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You can uh, subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review as well to help us connect with others that might be interested in a show about IU and Southern Indiana sports. Have a great weekend. Back with you Monday. This is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Listen.